0: And Lord, I pray that every single woman that is sitting in here in the sound of my voice right now, Father, that you would open up our hearts, that whatever we walked in here with, that we would leave it here right now. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. God, I ask that you would speak to every single woman here to their unique situation, To the circumstances that they have walked in here with, Father, we pray that your word would speak directly to their hearts. God, that the soil of our hearts would be prepared for your word that does not return void. So, God, we thank you for what you want to say to us tonight. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. You know, we have a really special guest with us here this evening, and I'm really excited to have my friend Stephanie Daly here. So, yes, you don't even. Wake up, y'all. She's going to bring it. So, Stephanie and her husband Justin planted Action Church. How long ago, Stephanie? Stephanie. she doesn't even know, she doesn't even know. A while ago, church planting kind of traumatizes you, so we all try to forget when it all started. But Justin and Stephanie and my husband and I actually met on staff at the church where we were all at previous to our church planting experiences. And Stephanie and Justin have done an incredible job pastoring this church in the Orlando area. So if you know anybody that's in the Orlando area, tell them Action Church. But Stephanie has an incredible word to bring us tonight and I truly believe that God has her here for a specific purpose and that none of you are here by accident tonight because I believe that even just like the words that we just sung about Jesus being our redemption that God wants to redeem some things in our life tonight and I believe that Stephanie has a word that is going to help bring freedom to some spaces in our life so you guys welcome my friend Stephanie Daly
1: Hey, hey, so, uh, so last night I didn't turn my mic on soon enough, and tonight I turned it on too soon. Uh, hey, how are we doing tonight? Are we good?
0: Yeah, I like
1: the energy. I can tell you that I am so excited that I get to share with you tonight, uh, especially because I have been to a few women's events myself. And so I know that these sessions are all really just a bonus to the fact that you're not at work right now. You're not cooking any meals there's no laundry to be folded here right some of you have no idea where your children are and you couldn't be happier about it i know and so i just know that we're gonna have a great time hey listen i also know from experience that these these times where we can really get away from the day-to-day distractions and really lean into these moments with god they can be so powerful and so i just want to encourage you to really hold on To everything that's being poured into you tonight, I really believe that God wants to use this night to do something in your life that could change it forever. Amen? Hey, real quick, I just want to introduce you to my family, uh, my boys that I left at home to fend for themselves. And so uh, that's my oldest, Bentley. He's eight. And then that little one there is Kingston, and he's five. And uh, Bentley made us believe that we were perfect parents. Right? Like, we were ready to write a book for all the struggling parents out there because we were like, guys, we've got this figured out. And then Kingston was born, and we realized we are struggling parents, and we should read a book. And so I did. It's called How to Parent Your Strong-Willed Child. Come on, any moms know the struggle, right? And uh, so my boys, they could not be more opposite, and uh, we love the dynamic of that, but uh, it can be hard work too, and so we are officially done. We're gonna stick (laughs) to the man-to-man defense, amen? Uh, And then of course, that is my husband, and uh, we've been married for 13 years. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Yeah, people usually cheer about that. I just feel really old. (laughs) Like, how have I possibly been married for that long? And uh, some of you may actually recognize him. That could be because he's preached here at Coastal before, uh, or it could be that you're confusing him with Macklemore. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) See, the difference here is that one of these men is very rich and famous. And the other is just strikingly handsome. (laughs) So uh, that's just a little bit about my family. Uh, I have no idea how they're surviving at home without me, but I am really, really excited that I get to be here with you tonight. As Shayla said, um, we have known Pastor TJ and Shayla for a long time, Um, and uh, here's what I need you to know. This uh, church planting thing, it's not always easy. Um, This pastoring a city thing, it can actually be really hard at times. And so whether you call this place home or not, I need you to know that Your pastors, Pastor TJ and Shayla, could not love you or this city more than they do. They could not be more passionate about what God has called them to do. And so I know how seriously they take the responsibility of everything that this platform represents. And I'm just so honored that I get to be the one standing on it today. So I thank you again for the opportunity. Can you help me honor your pastors? Awesome, well, hey, let's open our Bibles, and uh, because I love you all so much, uh, we're going to be in Genesis, because listen, I know how it is when the pastor gets up here and they're like, turn to Zechariah or Zephaniah, you start sweating a little bit, right? Listen, I know, I'm a pastor's wife, and I still, I fan the pages of my Bible like, Lord Jesus, help me find it, because they be judging, I know it. Listen, I learned something at a women's conference that set me free, and so I'm going to share it with you tonight, all right? So repeat after me. There is no shame, there is no shame. in turning to the table of contents. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set you free, I'm telling you, man. But hey, right there in the front of your Bibles in Genesis, we're going to read a story. Uh, chapter 37, verse 23, it says, so when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him, and they threw him into the cistern. Now, the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. I'm going to skip down a few verses, but I kind of want to explain what's happening here. So Joseph is the youngest of his brothers, and he's kind of known as the favorite to their father, Jacob. And Jacob has just given Joseph this gift, this robe. Uh, If you've been in church for any amount of time, you've probably heard it called the coat of many colors, right? Felt boards, anyone? Come on. And so so the brothers, they're really jealous of Joseph. And uh, just real quick, side note, if you're really winning at this parenting thing, uh, it's not so much that you don't have a favorite kid, because let's be honest. I mean, I don't, but some of you, right? The goal is just that none of your kids know who the favorite is, okay? It's just a little something I'm learning in the parenting books I'm reading. And, uh, and so Jacob, he's not doing a good job of this. And so because of that, the brothers hate Joseph. In fact, they even talk about killing him. And thankfully, one of the brothers has enough sense to say, no, we can't kill him, um, but we could make it look like he's dead and it'll sell him off into slavery. And that's what you call in between a rock and a hard place. And so that's where we'll pick up our story. In verse 26, it says, Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to the Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. Verse 31 says, Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in the blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said. It is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. Now, real quickly, I want to turn over to the New Testament. We're going to read another story real quick, and then I want to tie some things together for us tonight. So uh, in John chapter 13, starting in verse 36, it says, Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. Why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And in chapter 18 is where we really see this play out. Starting in uh, verse 15, it says, Peter followed Jesus as did another of the disciples. The other disciple was acquainted with the high priest. So he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, You're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I'm not. That's one. Verse 25, it says, Peter was standing by the fire warming himself. They asked him again, You're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I'm not. That's two. And then one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it. That's three. And immediately a rooster crowed. If you're taking notes tonight, I want to share with you a message called the robe, the rooster, and redemption. The robe, the rooster, and redemption. So have you ever noticed that there's things in life that, whether you see them or you hear them, or you, maybe even you smell them, they can remind you of something that's happened in the past. Yeah. right? You see something or you, or you think about something and, and it takes you back. For example, there are some songs that every time I hear them, I'm reminded of the marathon I ran in Nashville, Tennessee. And listen to me 26.2 miles is a long way to run. And so I had a large playlist. But I can tell you that there are some songs that when I hear them, I just get mad because it takes me back to where I was on that day, mile 13, and I'm like, oh Lord, it's over. Like, it's it's over. And so obviously, I am never running a marathon again um, because why would you choose to run over four hours twice? Um, I do, however, plan to brag about the first time, the one time forever, right? Like, I'm just going just to brag about it, get, like put it out there whenever I can, right? I thought about some other things. Um, certain smells, right, uh, can remind you of a, a certain place or even a, a specific person. Um, I thought of like grandma's house, right? Grandma's house has like a, a certain sp- smell can take you back. Um, some smell better than others. Grandma has a certain smell, right? <laughs> Again, some better than others. I thought about movies. Um, maybe there's a movie that reminds you of that very first date that you went on, right? Where your hands are sweaty and you're just spending the whole movie thinking about, are we gonna hold hands? Like, is this, is this thing gonna happen? Uh, for me, actually, the only reason that I remember my first kiss is because I remember the movie we were watching. And... Um, <laughs> And the only reason that I remember the movie is because it was the first rated R movie I had ever seen. So apparently I had my first kiss and my first rated R movie all in the same night. My parents would be so proud, right? Um, but listen, so there's there's things that that we see them, we, we hear them, we think about them, and, and they remind us of something that's happened in the past. And a lot of times those memories can be really fun or exciting or funny. But then sometimes those things that remind us of the past can be really hard, painful, even traumatic. I'm I'm sure that there are things that maybe even you're thinking of right now that that when you're reminded of them, it actually brings you back to a pretty awful time in your life. And in this story with, with Jacob, it's a similar scenario because Jacob is, he's given Joseph's coat. And it's been torn up, it's been drenched in blood, and it's presented to him with the explanation that your son is dead. And so Jacob sees this robe, and and the Bible says that that he goes into a time of mourning, right? He he's pretty messed up about this because he sees this robe, and I'm sure that, that he's reminded of all the things that made Joseph his favorite in the first place, right? He's reminded of his boy, but ultimately he's reminded of the fact. Or at least he thought was the fact that his son is gone forever. Yeah. And I think that it would be easy to, to hear that story and think that eventually, Jacob, he must just get over this. right? He, he must just get past this traumatic thing that he's experienced in his life. Like, like eventually he must just move on. And tonight I want to present to you this idea that that maybe he did, right? Maybe, Maybe he starts taking one step after the other and he starts to feel hopeful again. He starts to feel encouraged. But then maybe weeks later or months later or even years later, maybe he would catch a glimpse of that coat hanging in the closet somewhere. Or he would be out and he would see something that would remind him of Joseph and he would be brought right back to the place he was in the moment he found out His son was dead. See, even though the event is over, the robe is still there. The robe is still this awful reminder of something that you wished had never happened. And listen to me, I think that's what the enemy wants to do in our life. He wants to put you through something so painful. He wants to so traumatize your life, put you through something so terrible, and then he wants to hang that thing up in the foyer of your life. And maybe you think that that you've gotten over that thing or, or you've gotten past that event. But then weeks later or months later or even years later, you catch a glimpse of that coat in your life, so to speak, and you're brought right back down. I'm talking about the things that have happened to you. Things that were outside of your control. That's, that's what's happened to Jacob here. He didn't do anything. This is just what came his way. Yeah. Completely out of his control, yet completely changed his life. And that is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to put you through some junk. Some awful junk. And then he wants to remind you of it as often as he can. Because he knows that one of the things that will keep us from being everything that God has called us to be... Is the pain of our past yeah. write that down the pain of your past listen the enemy he wants to hang up your pain because he knows that it will keep you from moving forward it will keep keep you from accomplishing the call that God has on your life and what I need you to hear from me tonight is that we serve a good God and when Jesus Christ hung on the cross he hung in place of whatever coat may be hanging over your life today. And so you need to know that if you will give your life to Jesus, if you will hand those things over to him, that he can redeem them. We serve a God that redeems. Now I want to go back to our story in John. And in this story, uh, Peter is telling Jesus, hey, I love you, Jesus. I'll follow you anywhere. I would do anything for you. And Jesus is telling Peter, You're saying some pretty big things here, Peter, and the fact of the matter is you're going to deny me in just a few moments. And Peter is like, what? No. Like, I would never do that. I would never do that, Jesus. And don't we do that sometimes? Don't we think in our own lives, like, I would never do that, Jesus. I would never fail you like that. I would never make that kind of mistake. And yet a lot of times it's exactly where we find ourselves, and so Peter is a lot like us, just just knowing that he can do the right thing and say the right thing and be who he's supposed to be to Jesus. And instead, he finds himself exactly opposite of that, and he's denied him three times. And the Bible says that it's at that moment a rooster begins to crow. And here's what you have to understand. Jesus told Peter this is how it's going to play out. Right? And so I think the second that Peter heard that rooster crowing, he knew immediately what he had done. And I think that it's in that moment, in the moment of our greatest weakness, in the moment of our sin, in the moments where we fail like we have failed Jesus most for the enemy to come and and bring so much condemnation and shame. And I think that it would be easy to read that story and think that, that Peter must just get over that at some point. Right? He, he must just get past that feeling of, I have let you down so much, Jesus. But here's what I need you to understand. If you've ever been to a third world country, you know that there are chickens and roosters running around everywhere. And so tonight, I want to kind of present to you this idea that maybe for Peter, it wasn't just that rooster on that day. But that every day, Peter had to go outside and hear the sound of a rooster crowing. And every day, it was like the enemy was reminding him of how much he had failed Jesus. That your mistake, you're, you're done. That's what the enemy wants to do in our lives. He wants to take the things that you have done, the mistakes that you have made, the ways that you have failed Jesus, and he wants to constantly crow them in your ear. Because I think he knows that one of the things, the second thing that keeps us from being everything that God has called us to be is the focus on our failures. He knows if he can get you focused on your failure, that it will keep you from moving forward. And so the enemy, he hangs up our pain and he keeps the rooster crowing loud in our ear to keep us from accomplishing everything that God has called us to do. But I want you to know tonight is that our God redeems, and the things that you have done, the mistakes that you have made, he can redeem even those things. And so the question tonight is this, what rooster is still crowing at you? What mistakes, what failures, what, what ways have you messed up that you just keep focused on in your life right now? Or maybe what pain is hanging over your life? What has you so hung up that has happened to you that keeps you from moving forward? Because here's the thing, Jacob was struggling with these things, and Peter was struggling with these things, and I think that so many of us are probably struggling with these things. And you need to understand that there's always going to be the sound of the rooster, there's always going to be the, the pain of the road because we have a real enemy. And so, so there, is, there is always going to be mistakes in your life. And there are always going to be things that have happened to you. There's always going to be, be ways to focus on these things. But what you need to know is that, that the Bible tells us that there is a sound that is greater than the sound of your pain and your mistakes. It's the sound that brings hope. It's the sound that brings life, that brings purpose, that brings peace. It's the sound of redemption. This is why we need Jesus so desperately. Because Jesus has the power to drown out the sound of the rooster. And Jesus has the power to give you vision past the robe. Jesus is our redeemer. Here's what you need to know tonight. The robe was a lie, right? Joseph wasn't even really dead. It was a lie, and I think that the enemy has hung some things up in your life and has continued to crow some things in your ears so much so that you sit here tonight and you think that Jesus is done with you. You think that there is no way that that God can use you, and what I need you to hear is that the robe is a lie the rooster, the enemy that brings condemnation. He is a liar and our God redeems. And listen, that word redeems doesn't just mean that he takes the bad things of our life and he makes them good. No, we serve a God that brings dead things to life. And so the things that have happened to you in your past that make you feel dead tonight, I need you to know Jesus can breathe life into those things. The things that you have done, the mistakes that you have made that make you feel dead tonight, I need you to know that Jesus can breathe life into those things. The robe is a lie, the rooster is a liar, and our God redeems. So tonight I want to give you three things, three things that we should do when we hear the rooster in our life or we see the robe in our life. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first thing we need to do is we need to look again. We need to look again. See some of the greatest things you will see God use in your life will be when you go back and look again. Yeah. My boys, um, they're older now, but when they were learning how to walk, uh, it was an exciting thing, right? I remember I remember when, you know, it's an exciting thing when you're one year old, like starts to stand with no hands, right? You like, you get very tense and like, oh man, this is a moment, they, and, like, right? And they take those first couple of like uncoordinated, ridiculous steps and moms, you know, there's nothing graceful or perfect about it but we go crazy, right? We're like pulling out the camera, we're like flinging wide the doors like, neighbors, look at my boy, right? And so when the neighbor comes over expecting this like really cool thing and see what I'm seeing, I think it would be easy for them to be like, um, what are we celebrating? <laughs> Like, this is pathetic, right? This, this is actually the furthest thing from walking I've ever seen, right? And after I throw punch that person for talking about my kid, I think I could say, no, no, look again. He's not failing. He, he could be one step away from, from doing the most incredible thing with his life that he's done yet. And I think that God is saying the same thing to some of us tonight. Yeah. Hey, I know it feels like all you're doing is failing me. I know that it feels like, like this thing is messy and that, it, that you just keep falling and, and the struggle is real. But, hey, look again. Yes. Because you could be one step away from doing the most incredible thing with your life that you've done yet. Yeah. You're not failing me. You're taking a step towards me. Yeah. So we need to look again. And he says, hey that thing that that makes you feel dead inside, let me remind you that I bring dead things to life. So you go back and you look again. The second thing we need to do is we need to look around. We need to look around. Because I think that that sometimes we, we get tunnel vision, right? And so all we can see is the robe in our life or the rooster in our life, right? All we can see are, are the things that, that we've been put through, the pain that we've experienced, or, or the mistakes that we've made. And listen, we go through life a victim of those things or bound in shame. And we need to look around and realize that God is capable of doing so much through those things that could impact not only our lives, but the lives of people around us. Yeah. Do you guys remember Periscope? I'm kind of dating. I'm dating myself a little bit here. So listen, before Instagram stories and Facebook Live, there was a thing called Periscope, right? And I remember when Periscope came out, I thought, that is never going to work. Like, we don't have better things to do than watch you grocery shop or pick out your outfit, please. I was way off. Am I right? Story, 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 right? And so I remember my first Periscope, I was, I was like going to do it right. Like I was waiting for my moment, you know. I was looking for a highlight reel like everything we post. Hey, here's something, ladies. Um, maybe you need to look around and realize that it's not as bad as you think. You're just comparing all of your deleted pics to everyone else's filtered pics. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. That came to me last night, so I just thought I'd bring it to you tonight. So anyway, I'm I'm looking for this like great moment, right, for my first periscope. And so I'm at Disney with my friends and and some um, and my family and and so I get on a ride and I'm like, "Oh, this is my moment, man. I'm going to I'm going to take them on a Disney ride with me." And so I log in and my 7 followers start watching, right? And I'm like, "Yeah, um, and the second that, like, my feed is up and people are watching it, for the first time, mind you, our ride goes into a pitch-black tunnel. So literally, all you could see was, like, a black screen. Like, I'm sure, like, my mom and dad were like, what are you doing? Because that's, like, all that follows me, you know? <laughs> like, you've been there, right? Um, right? But, but all they could see was darkness. And here's the point. I think that sometimes... All we are looking at are the dark places in our life, and you need to start to look around and realize that God is capable of doing so much more through your pain and through your mistakes. If you will look to him, if you will look around and you will give it to him, he can use the things that you have been through to make a difference. So we got to look around. And then lastly, you need to look up. We need to look up. See, God has the power to drown out the sound of the rooster. And God has the power to give you vision past the rope. God and God alone can redeem those things. So we have to look to him because, listen, that word redemption, it means to to repurpose, to make it better. And only God has the power to do that with those things in your life. And so we have to look to him. I want to read a scripture out of Revelation. I'm going to close it down with this. Revelation 12.10. Uh, Look, now you get to go to the back of your Bible. Front of your Bible. See how great I am to you guys? Man, I love you so much. I'm actually struggling to get there. Oh, my bad. Uh, Revelation 12.10, it says this. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. Come on, there is, a, there is a voice that is louder than the sound of your pain and your mistakes. It says, it has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. Come on, ladies. He's been thrown down. The one who accuses them before God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. Listen, we defeat the robe and the rooster by the blood of the lamb, by Jesus, and by the word of our testimony. And listen, our testimony is just a a story of redemption. Right, think about, think about Joseph, he was sold into slavery, yet he saved a nation. Talk about a testimony. Think about Peter, he went from denying the church, to denying Jesus to starting the church. Talk about a testimony. And I may not know your story, but I know that there is testimony after testimony of redemption in this room. Just looking around. I can tell you about a girl that was brought into this world by a single mom, never even met her father because when she was born, he walked out on them both. And that same girl had her first sexual experience at the age of nine. It wasn't mutual, it wasn't a one-time thing. For years, she was molested by somebody that she loved and trusted, and that was a a secret that she carried alone for a long time. Until she found herself in a place Like this, surrounded by people that loved her and wanted the best for her. People that she could be real with. And it took her a long time to get to that place. And when she finally did, one of her best friends was killed in a car accident. Of course, these things had an impact on her life. And she made some mistakes that she's not proud of. But here's what I can tell you. I can tell you that that the sound of his redemption is greater than the, the sound of her pain and her mistakes. I can tell you that that girl is standing on this stage at this moment for no other reason than to give you a clear picture of what his redemption can look like in your life. Because listen, the robe in my life would have been filled with shame, guilt, anger, bitterness. The rooster in my life would have said, you're never gonna be loved. Nobody wants you, you're ruined. But thank God we have a savior that redeems. Because I was adopted by a man, the man that I call dad, and he made me forget every single day that I was ever unwanted. And I was married, uh, against statistics, a virgin to a man that I don't deserve, but I thank God for every day because he makes me feel secure and loved. And I've experienced great loss, but... But my life is full of life-giving relationships. People who love me and want the best of me. And I'm just telling you, I may not know your story, but I know mine. And I know that we serve a God that doesn't cha- just take good to bad. He brings death to life. And the things that the enemy thought he could use to destroy me, God is using to demonstrate his faithfulness. And so whatever this looks like for you, bad, ugly ruined, broken, I'm just asking you to look again through the eyes of a savior who who has good things for you, that your story isn't over. Look again because you could be one step, one decision, one conversation, one change away from the most incredible thing that you've seen yet. I'm asking you to to look around at what God is, is wanting to use your story to do, that there are people in your lives that your story is meant to make a difference for, or maybe he has put someone in your life because you need their story to make a difference, and so you've got to look around. And then I'm asking you to look up at a savior who redeems, and he is here ready to lift you up tonight. Can I pray with you tonight? With every head bowed, every eye closed, Listen, I think for, for some of us, before we can, before we can have vision and, and, and victory past the robe and the rooster in our lives, we have to first make a decision to invite Jesus into our lives. And so I want to give you that opportunity right now because we can never overcome the pain of our past or the, or the pain of our mistakes without a loving Savior, Jesus, without making him Lord of our lives and so maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time you're saying Jesus I'm ready I'm ready to look to you I'm ready to to give those things over to you and so if that's you this morning or tonight I would just love to to take the opportunity to pray with you if you would just slip your hand up you can put it right back down yeah thank you thank you right here right back there yep thank you come on yep right here you, you're saying man Jesus I need you I need you Yep. ah, Yep, all the way in the back. Come on, anyone else? Say, Jesus, I need you. Yeah, I got you. That was your moment, man. Anyone else? Yeah, okay. So cool. It's an honor for me to get to pray this prayer with you. I believe that you're going to find freedom Blank. You've never found it before. And so I need you to know that there's nothing special about the words. The power is in the decision you're making to give Jesus control of your life. And so you can say this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Just say something like this. Say, Jesus, I love you. And I thank you for saving me. God, tonight I give you control of my life. I'm laying the the pain of my past and, and the, the things that I have said and done, I'm laying them at your feet. Because I know, Jesus, that only you can redeem those things. So come and have your way in my life. And for everyone else in the room, I just want to pray, God, that, that you would just continue to, to give us vision past the robes in our life. God, that you would continue to drown out the sound of the rooster in our lives and that you would continue to use those things to make a difference, to impact not only our life but, but the lives of people around us. God, we understand that that our story is not our own, God, but that you can redeem all things. And so, so we ask you to do that tonight. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You give it up for Pastor Stephanie.